So uh, if you've been here with us at H2O for really any length of time, uh, you may have noticed that it's not just like one person that's up here preaching all the time. You, you, I preach the most, but there's still a lot of other people uh, that preach, and there's a very good reason for that. Uh, we believe that God has, has given lots of different people teaching gifts, and we also believe uh, that we want every single person in the church to be like mobilized for ministry. And there's a lot of different ways ministry can be done. It's certainly not just through preaching. Uh, but we want you to know whether this is your job or not. Like Jesus has called you to give 100% of your life to him and to use every gift that he's given you for his kingdom. And so that's why we, we want to lift people up as much as we can to be able to uh, use those gifts. And we believe the church is healthy as it gets to hear from uh, lots, of, lots of people that are faithfully following the Lord. So this morning, uh, we're actually going to get to hear from someone who's never preached here at H2O before. Um, but you guys, many of you are uh, well acquainted with him. His name is Zach Douglas. He's standing over here. Yeah, so Zach is an awesome man of God, loves the Lord a ton. Uh, he's been a Christian for about five and a half years, and uh, he's, he's just a regular dude that works a job at GE. Uh, he's not a professional pastor, you know, or anything like that, um, but he takes the call of Jesus on his life very seriously, and I think you're going to see that in what he has to share this morning. Um, so I know I've consistently been encouraged by him. I've seen the Lord work in and through him a ton, uh, and I've he already heard what he's going to preach this morning. I know it's good, uh, so you should pay attention to it, and I believe God's going to move uh, amongst us this morning. So welcome. Welcome on up here. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Thank you. Um, I actually I really appreciated what Grant had to say. Uh, I actually wanted to start by saying, if you didn't know this, we have a really awesome church. Um, and that doesn't really just happen, right? Like, we have really great leaders, specifically Grant and Daniel, that love the Lord a lot. They have a, a strong love for the scripture, that they love the Lord, and they are submitted to him, that they're guided by him. And that's one of the reasons why we see the Lord do so many things through this body, is because of leaders like Grant and Daniel, and I'm really thankful for them. Like, there's so many things in their lives that, that I look up to and I want to model. Um, so, yeah, just... If you don't know that, Grant and Daniel are awesome. We're very blessed to have them here at H2O. Um, so we've been going through Acts this summer. And personally, I've, I've loved it. I love the book of Acts. It's super practical. It's very challenging. I'm consistently walking away from life group and Sunday services with an increased hunger to share the gospel and, and just know the Lord and, and be obedient to him. Um, so I'm going to pray that, that that hunger would come today. Jesus, we love you. You are amazing. You're perfect and you're holy. And I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would just come today. God, we want to seek your presence. So we just pray that your presence would fall. We pray for conviction and revelation, Holy Spirit. We want to be changed by your word. We want to hear from you this morning. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to speak. Just speak through me and just ignite a fire in our church through this scripture today. We love you a lot, and we're excited to hear from you. We just pray this in your name. Amen. Cool. So we will be in the last verse of Acts 12 today, um, and in the beginning part of Acts 13. 
Um, so if you want to turn there in your Bibles, go ahead and do that. Um, and I, I want to start off by saying that, you know, one of the things the Lord's been teaching me over the last year or so is really just simplicity and how simple following Jesus really is. It's definitely hard at times. It requires me to die to myself in, in so many ways. Um, but at, at the core, it's simple. It, it's a lot simpler than I made it out to be. So I want to look at the scripture today through three questions, just three simple questions. What does this teach us about God? What does this teach us about humans? And how should we respond to this? If we ever meet up and read the Bible together, or if I'm leading the life group, um, I'm probably going to ask some form of these questions, right? Spoiler alert, I'm gonna, I want to hit at these three things when we read scripture. So if you haven't been with us yet, um, we're again in the book of Acts, and uh, up to this point, God, he, he comes to earth. He, he walks on earth. It's God in the flesh. His name is Jesus, and he, Jesus walks around gaining followers, and um, he's healing the sick, and he's proclaiming the kingdom, and he's casting out demons, and he's doing all these things, and the religious leaders of the time, they don't like this, and they actually kill him, and as Jesus said he would do, he raises from the dead, and before he ascends into heaven, he tells his followers to be faithful and share the message, share what they've witnessed in the time that they spent with him. And, and they are faithful to do that. And this message of Christianity, the gospel, is spreading, and it's only going farther. And this movement is only growing. And this is where we'll pick up in Acts 12 and Acts 13. So, starting in verse 25 of Acts 12, it says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus, and he was with the proconsul. When you see proconsul, think governor. His name was Sergius Paulus, a man, with, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elemus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Crazy story. A really cool story, right? We see that this church in Antioch is worshiping and praying, and the Holy Spirit says, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, because I, I want to send them out. So they go from Antioch to this island called Cyprus, which is just off the coast of Antioch. And 
while they're there, they're proclaiming the kingdom. They're preaching the gospel. They're, they're sharing the story of this man, Jesus, that died and rose again for the forgiveness of sins. And while they're doing that, this, this Roman governor, the proconsul, he hears what they're doing, and he, he summons them. He wants to hear the word of God. And they, they come and they, they preach, and there's this magician um, who, who opposes it, right? And the, when he starts to oppose the preaching of the gospel, he goes blind. There's a supernatural blindness that falls on him. And upon seeing this, the Roman governor, he believes, and he, he starts to follow Jesus. And one of the, the first things that I see in this story, and I see it in pretty much every chapter of Acts, that's one of the reasons why I love Acts so much, is God is moving. He's living and active. He is not a passive God. He is so involved in our day-to-day life. There's so many things that he wants to do in us and through us, and we see it here. He's moving. It's so fun to follow Jesus when God is moving. It, I, it's one of my favorite parts of following Jesus, is just watching the Lord move in so many ways. I get to see people follow Jesus, be transferred from one kingdom to another. I get to see people healed. I get to see people set free from sin. I get to see people hear from the Lord. It's awesome. He's living and active. The other thing that I, that I saw, and I'm looking at it through this, this first question of what does this teach us about God, is God speaks, right? And, and more specifically, the Holy Spirit speaks. The Bible is filled with story after story of God speaking to his people. Story after story. He's a God who speaks to us, and specifically, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Look at this in verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Before we go too far into this, I actually want to rewind to something that, that John talked about a couple weeks ago, and I'm just going to steal it straight from John. It's okay, he stole it from the Bible. Um, but he talked about this, something that was really, really good, and, and it's this, that our purpose as followers of Jesus, our purpose in our life is to know God and to make him known. If you take away one thing today, take away that. Your purpose is to know God and to make him known. Mark 3.14 says this, and this is Jesus. He said, and he appointed 12, whom he also called apostles, so that they might be with him and, they, and he might send them out to preach. He chose the 12 to know him and to make him known, to be with him and make him known. Matthew 28.18-20 says this. This is what we call the Great Commission, one of the most important commands Jesus ever gave us. He says this, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Our mission here on earth, our purpose, is to know God and to make him known. To know God and to make him known. I'm going to keep saying it. Jesus gave us this purpose, right? He's the one that gave us these commands. But what I see in this scripture here is it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the specifics of how to accomplish that mission. It's the Holy Spirit that says who to send and where. 
the church, the, the believers, they had the command of Jesus to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. But it's the Holy Spirit that's showing them the specifics, the, the how-to, who to send and where to accomplish this mission. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you and I? It means the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Just like in this story, the Holy Spirit spoke and he, he led these men, he wants to speak to us. He still speaks to us today. The Holy Spirit wants to show us how to know, him, know the Lord and how to make him known. He wants to show us how to know him and make him known. I uh, was trying to think of some examples in my life of, of just ways that I, I've seen this play out. And one of the, the first things that came to mind was um, actually just like the, the way that the Lord pursued my family over the last couple of years. And I, I remember a couple of years ago, I had this dream. It, it was kind of a, an intense dream, and I won't go into all the details. Some of you have probably heard me share it before. But I was in Clifton in my, in my old house before I was living at the shack, and um, it was just like all these end-time events were happening. And I knew in the dream that Jesus, the end of the world, was coming back in, or the end of the world was coming, Jesus was coming back in a day or two. Right? And, and I remember thinking, crap, I don't know where my family is at with this. And I remember waking up, and I was pretty scared. It was, it was an intense dream. Um, and, and I was praying, and I felt like the Holy Spirit shared with me that I know that that day is coming. In the dream, I knew exactly when that day was coming. But, and I don't know that now. No one does. But I do know that that day is coming. And he wanted me to really focus on pursuing my family, so I did. And they started to encounter God. I, I changed the ways that I would talk to them. I, the, I was careful with and, and intentional with what I said and didn't say and the places we went and didn't go. And they started to encounter the Lord. And then fast forward a little bit to when COVID hit and everyone moved home. And I remember being home one of the early nights of COVID and just laying in my bed and asking the Holy Spirit, how is it that you want me to pursue my family? And I remember this very vividly. I felt like he asked me to ask some of them to read the Bible with me, just something super simple, uh, just read scripture together. I was a little nervous, but I did. And um, it, it turned into this like every morning Bible study. Um, we would just go through a chapter of Luke every morning and it was really good. And that ended up being one of the big reasons some of them started to follow the Lord. It was, and it was just a simple thing that the Holy Spirit led me into doing. I was thinking the other side of this, right? Like that's how the Holy Spirit helped me show people how to know the Lord, how to make him known. In my personal life, right, like the Holy Spirit wants to show me how to know him, right? He, when I'm alone with him, he, he might give me a worship song to sing to the Lord, just me and Jesus, or he might ask me to just get on the floor, get on my knees, or dance around in my room, right? Just, just praising his name. He might put a scripture on my mind that just, that's just something I need to meditate on to, to just really chew on for the day. Um, it, he leads me out of sin. One example I was thinking of was um, just, you know, earlier on in following Jesus for, for too long, really, I was still stuck in, in sexual sin and addiction to sexual sin. And as I started to get set free from that, one of the things that I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me to do was delete my social media. 
because it was way too easy to see things that I did not want to see on social media. And there's no scripture that says delete your Instagram account, right? But Jesus did say that I need to walk in righteousness and purity and that I should not lust. And it was the Holy Spirit that was showing me how to do that. He was leading me in that. He was giving me the specifics of how to do that. So you might be sitting here and saying, hey, that's awesome, Zach. You hear from the Holy Spirit, but I don't hear from the Holy Spirit. And I would say that you're wrong. Um, I I would say I bet you're wrong. Um, One of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks is through conviction. And I bet a lot of us here have felt conviction. And what I mean by conviction is just the, the Lord pointing out that we have broken one of his commandments and that he wants to call us higher. Conviction is not guilt or shame, but conviction is just the Holy Spirit pointing out that we've done something wrong. And John 16, verse 7 and 8 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, the helper being the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us through conviction. You might say, okay, great, maybe I felt convicted, but I haven't gotten specifics on what ministry is supposed to look like or who I'm supposed to pursue. And I would say, okay, right, my best advice would be to do what they did in this scripture. It says that they were worshiping the Lord, they were fasting, they were praying, they were setting their eyes on the Lord. So what I like to do, and and what I think we should do, is just set our eyes on the Lord, focus on Jesus, just the un, no distractions, clear minds, just eyes on the Lord, and see what comes next. It could be a picture, it could be a phrase, it could be a scripture, it could be a person, or a burden for a person, or even just a singular word, or something that I didn't mention. And I, I want to say too, the question to always ask, and we need to have discernment with this, right? This is something that we need to be careful of, we need to discern this. We need to ask if it lines up with Scripture. The Holy Spirit is never going to contradict Scripture, right? He's never going to go against the written Word of God. If you are asking the Holy Spirit for, you know, what should I do in ministry this week, and, you know, the thought of having sex with someone who is not your spouse comes to mind, that is not the Holy Spirit. I promise you that's not the Holy Spirit, because it completely contradicts His Word. A great prayer to pray with this is simple, right? It's, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. And if we pray this with a genuine heart, I think, and I'm I'm very confident, that the Holy Spirit is going to answer that. He's going to start speaking to us. And I also want to be clear here, too. I am not saying that we need to be told specifics of what to do before we do anything. We have a very clear command from Jesus in the word to go make him known, to know him and to make him known. And if we don't hear from the Holy Spirit, that's fine. We're still gonna go do that. I remember a a couple weeks ago, we were reading Acts 8 in Life Group, and um, it's the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. I think it's Acts 8, but the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. And I was just so pumped up after reading that story. I was like, I need to go share the gospel with someone. Um, So I went to Clifton Kroger after Life Group. There's plenty of people in Clifton Kroger that need to hear the gospel. Um, And so I went there, and uh, I was just sitting in my car, and I was praying, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to talk to in there? Who do you want me to share the gospel with? 
And I felt like this picture of a, a person came to mind. I wasn't super confident in it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go try to find this person and share the gospel with them. And uh, I went in, and I walked around Kroger like four or five times. Um, I actually saw someone from our church there. It probably looked really weird. But I was just walking around Kroger trying to find this person, and, and I couldn't find them. And I, that's okay. And I, was, I remember thinking, all right, I can't find them. I'm still going to go share the gospel, right? I, I came here to share the gospel. I'm going to go share the gospel. I'm still going to be obedient to the command that Jesus gave me. And I, I found someone, and I, I tried to share the gospel with them. We don't specifically need to hear from the Holy Spirit every time to be obedient to our purpose. But I do think, and this is important, that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us more than we give him space to do, especially me. Like, like, the more that I seek the voice of the Holy Spirit and submit to him, the more I see the book of Acts come alive in my life. I've seen the book of Acts come alive more in my life over the last year than I have the entire time following Jesus. And, and I, I really think it's part, a big part of that is just my submission to the Holy Spirit and trying to be led by him. So I'm hitting on this so hard, right, because I think it's crucial to following Jesus. Hearing from the Holy Spirit is crucial to being a fruitful follower of Jesus. I think so many times we, we see maturity and we're tempted to see maturity as someone who has a lot of the Bible memorized or who can give a great answer to every theological question. And I, I don't think that that's good, right? Like that, that is not a bad thing. But I think kingdom maturity is rooted in a, a willingness to be obedient to the Spirit and hearing His voice and quickly responding. Kingdom maturity is rooted in a sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit and a willingness to be obedient. It's a sensitivity to the Spirit and a willingness to be obedient. We, want to, we have to hear from Him and be obedient to Him. If we don't invite the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, we will likely miss out on the fruitful life that He wants to lead us on. So, my first challenge for you guys is this. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you? And, and I'll help you answer that question. Do you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you? If you don't ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But there are so many times that I go to the gym or I go to the store or I go to work or I go wherever and I'm so distracted by busyness or laziness or, or whatever it may be and I'm calloused, I'm hardened to the voice of the Spirit in my life and I don't actually ask him what he wants me to do, what he might have for me for my day. I don't want to be someone that misses out on the opportunities that the Holy Spirit wants to lead me on. So, challenging you guys. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be obedient to him. All right, moving on. Um, I want to talk about where the Holy Spirit sent Paul and Barnabas in this story, because I think it's really important. Up to this point, persecution, the, the, the persecution of the church has started to, to force the believers outside of Jerusalem and and we've seen this a little bit, and now people outside of Jerusalem are, are starting to hear the gospel. It's spreading. But one of the things that we see here is it's the Holy Spirit that sends these, these men, Paul and Barnabas, to the nations. The Holy Spirit doesn't send them to Jerusalem. He doesn't send them to Judea. He doesn't send them to Samaria. He sends them to Cyprus. And this is eventually going to be, this is Paul's first missionary journey where he goes to Cyprus, then up to modern day, what is modern day Turkey? 
And it's the Holy Spirit that's leading them there, right? So, looking again at that first question, what does this teach us about God? And I think it's this. Because the Holy Spirit is telling people to go to the nations, it reveals that God has a heart for the nations. God has a heart for the nations. And we, us, humans, play a part in the nations hearing the gospel. God could have put the gospel in the sky above every nation. He's God. He could have done that. But he chooses to partner with you and with me, you and I, to go and share the message of Jesus with the nations. This means that your life has significant purpose and value. Significant purpose and value. God wants to partner with you. He wants to use you to make him known among the nations. It also means this. If God has a heart for the nations, we should have a heart for the nations, right? If God has a heart for something, we need to have a heart for something. It should be a heavy burden knowing that there are people groups and people that have never heard the good news of a God that loves them and wants to save them from their sin. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 11 gives us a glimpse into the, the heavenly realm. And it says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great nation, or sorry, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. That is God's heart. For the nations. That's God's heart for the people groups of the world. He wants them all to be in heaven, and that this day is going to happen. Unfortunately, we are not there yet. Many people have yet to hear the good news of Jesus. Many people have yet to hear the name of Jesus. There's roughly 3.1 billion people that have yet to hear the name of Jesus. They're what we call unengaged, which means nobody is engaging them with the gospel or they're unreached, which means there's, there's so few believers there that they, they can't be self-sustained. They need outside help for, for a movement to grow. And many of them live in what we call the 1040 window. And it's just called 1040 because it's 10 degrees latitude to 40 degrees latitude. And it's, it's mostly nations from, from Northern Africa and the Middle East and Southern Asia. And there's like, I think it's like 5 billion people live in this window. And this is where most of the unengaged and the unreached people of the world live. It's honest, like I said, we should have a burden that there's so many people that live in this area, that, that live across the world that don't have access to the good news of Jesus. I, uh, I re- was looking at this story this week um, and it was uh, about this, these missionaries that went to a remote tribe in, in China. And th- this was like two or three decades ago. 
and they, uh, they're sharing the gospel with this tribe. And the, the people of the tribe are, are starting to follow Jesus. They're responding to the message that they're sharing. And uh, the village elder, actually, he, he responds too, and he's talking to the missionaries, and he says, how long ago did this happen? And uh, the missionaries looked at him, and they said, well, it's like 2,000 years ago. And the, the village elder, he looks at the missionaries, and he says, where have you been? Like, like what took you so long? Yeah, it's, it should burden us, right? Like, what, took, what takes us so long to get there? We need to have a heart for the nations. All right, there is good news, though. Right here in our front yard on a college campus, we have the opportunity to reach the nations. Aside from being in the nations, I can't think of a better place to reach the nations than right here on a college campus. Every year, people from all over the world, many from closed countries where access to the gospel is restricted, they come here and they study at UC. I bump into people all the time on campus, and I'll share the gospel with them, and they'll say, I'll ask them, and they'll say, I've never heard this before. Like, this is the first time I've heard this. There are so many people out there that have not heard the gospel. They're from countries from all over the world where growing up, they didn't have access to it. One of my friends, um, I remember a couple of years ago, he came to America, um, and he was telling me that, that back in his home country in, in Asia, he didn't have access to the gospel. The only time that he heard about Jesus or Christianity was in a textbook, and it was talking about like the, the major world religions, and he saw Christianity was on there, and he's, he remembers being curious, like, why are there so many people in that religion? And uh, he came to America, and he's studying at UC, and he starts to get connected with a bunch of believers, and, and people are sharing the gospel with him, and um, he, he came down to this uh, retreat with us to Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, it was a Saturday morning, and we laid out the gospel clearly with him, and Saturday night, there's this guy that came over who just had an incredible gift to, uh, to hear from the Lord, and there were like 20 people there, and this guy is going around. He's just encouraging each person with things that he felt like the Lord was saying, and they're just spot on, and people are being cut to the heart. And, and he looks at my friend, and, and he starts to share these things, and my friend is just shocked. Like, he just has this blank look on his face, and he walks upstairs, and, and I follow him, and, and we start talking, and he goes, there's, there's no way that he could have, this man could have known that, right? Like, I think God is real. I think God told him that. And he's like, because of that, like, I think I need to follow God. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good response. Like, that is exactly how you should respond to that. So he starts to follow Jesus. Praise the Lord, right? Like, this is somebody who grew up in a country that had no access or limited access to the gospel. And he comes to America, and he hears the gospel, and he starts to follow the Lord. That in itself is amazing. The cooler part to that story is he's now sharing the gospel with his parents back home. So now, people that I don't really have access to, but he does, he is sharing the gospel with them, and they're starting to hear the good news of Jesus. He's starting to share the gospel with his friends here. He's amazing. He's going to lead so many people to Jesus, um, and, and it all started because he heard the gospel when he came to America, when he was out on the college campus. One really easy step to start with this, if you don't really know where to start, there's a, a sad stat. It's 80% of international students will come to America and never step foot in an American's home. They'll come and they'll study for four years or six years or eight years, 
and they'll never once set foot in an American's home. That's sad, honestly. Like, we should just be more welcoming people in general. But that's also an awesome opportunity to share the gospel with our friends. Let's invite our international friends over and share a meal, like Jesus did, right? It's super simple. Let's share a meal, and let's share the gospel with them. It might be the first time they've ever heard a message like this. It just takes a simple invitation to friendship. All right, and I actually want to pause here and be really clear about something. I want to beg you for a second, plead with you, to please do not assume that you, just because you're in college studying here at UC, that you are supposed to go get a nine-to-five job here in America for the rest of your life. Please do not assume that. That may not be what the Lord wants for you. I can share a lot of stats with you, but I'll keep it really short. The nations need missionaries. People need to hear about Jesus, and they need people that will take the gospel to them. I love what we were saying earlier, right? Like, go on a short-term mission trip, right? Like, take any opportunity you can get. Go take the gospel to the nations. Luke 10.2 says this, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus is saying here that the problem is not the harvest. The problem and the need is the laborers. We need laborers. We need people that will go and take the gospel to the nations, to those that have not heard yet or to those that are not following Jesus yet. We need to be faithful to that command. And this command is not just for church pastors. It's not just for for staff members. It's not just for for super Christians. There's no such thing as a super Christian. A Christian or a not yet Christian. It's for everyone, right? It's not for just leaders. It's for everyone. It is a direct command to you and to me. We need to be faithful to, to that command. We need to be faithful to go make disciples, to share the good news of Jesus. All right, I'm going to move on. Um, We're not going to go that deep for the rest of it, I promise. Um, We'd be here all day. But I do want to talk about the rest of the story. So Paul and Barnabas, right, they they get sent out to Cyprus, and and they're sharing the message of Jesus dying as a payment for our sins and the opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. And when they come upon this city in Cyprus, they are summoned by this guy named Sergius Paulus. He's a Roman proconsul, like I said, just think governor, someone of high-ranking authority. And Sergius Paulus, while they're there, he summons the missionaries because he wants to hear the word of God. And don't miss this, right? Like, a Roman governor sought to hear the word of God. Like, the Holy Spirit was, was working in that. And it's, it's no coincidence that the Holy Spirit's working in the Roman governor and the Holy Spirit's telling Paul and Barnabas to go and that they meet in this moment, right? This is all being orchestrated and led by the Holy Spirit. And when we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, things like this are likely going to happen, so he summons the missionaries, and, and they start to, to preach the word. And then this false prophet, the magician, Alemus, he, he comes and he starts to oppose the preaching of the gospel. It says he tries to turn them away from the faith. And Paul, filled with the Spirit, he looks at him and, and, and calls a bunch of things out. He says, you son of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy. And you might think that some of those are harsh, but they're true. All those things are true of the magician, 
And they're true of you and I outside of the Lord. If you are not following Jesus, you are still in the kingdom of darkness. You are still an enemy of righteousness. You are wicked outside of following Jesus. I was too before I started to follow Jesus. But Jesus, it says that the scripture says that we are transferred from one kingdom or one domain to another. Colossians 1.13 says this, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and delivered us to the kingdom of his beloved son. If you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been transferred from one kingdom to another. You're in the kingdom of his beloved son. If you're not yet a Christian, you're still in the kingdom of darkness. And that's something that, honestly, you should respond to today. And I'll talk about that here in a second. But Paul looks at this guy, right? And he calls out all these things, and then he says, you're going to be blind for a while. And, And what happens? He actually becomes blind. Supernaturally, he goes blind. And upon seeing this, the the proconsul, the Roman governor, he sees it and and he believes the message that these men were preaching. He he saw the power of the Lord and he believed the message that that, uh, that these men were preaching. So, worship team, you can come up um, and I'm going to close out here in a second. But my, my last point is this. When we are obedient, when we are obedient to the Spirit, people are going to encounter the kingdom of God. The Roman governor encountered the kingdom of God because these men were obedient to the Spirit and they were faithful to take the message and the command that Jesus gave them. Someone started to follow Jesus. Someone's life was completely changed because people were willing to go share the good news with him. They were willing to share the gospel with him, and they were willing to go. They were willing to go and give up their their life and, and give up whatever they needed to give up to go share this message with him. If we want to see people in our life start to follow Jesus, it starts with us sharing the gospel with them. It starts with us being faithful and sharing the gospel with them. All right. My final challenge to you guys is this. If you have not yet chosen to start to follow Jesus, start there. There's probably people in this room that have not yet made that choice. And that is the most important choice you'll ever make. And it's something that if you feel right now like there's a a tug on your heart, don't ignore that. I would probably say that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. Don't ignore that. There's going to be people all around that have prayer lanyards on that want to talk to you. I'll be in the back. You can talk to me. And if you are following Jesus, seek the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Ask him to lead you in your ministry. Ask him to lead you in your relationship with the Lord. Be someone that wants to hear from the Holy Spirit and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Let's be a church that wants to be obedient to the Spirit. Let's be a church that wants to be obedient to the commands that Jesus gave us. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer. Jesus, you are amazing. You're beautiful, Jesus. You're majestic and you're powerful. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. No one compares to you. Nothing compares to you. And you're real. And you're living and you're active. God, we just thank you that, that you love us so much to, to even just send Jesus. 
that, that we are here today because you love us and you want to bring us and have brought us into your kingdom. We just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that, that conviction would fall. I just pray for a burden for people that don't yet know Jesus, whether that be our friends here in America or our friends that aren't from America or whoever it may be, I just pray that a burden would fall right now, Holy Spirit. We just pray that we would be people that are obedient to you. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to speak to us, that you're going to lead us, and that your leadership and your guidance is perfect. Jesus, we want to give you everything. We want to give you everything. We want to give you true, authentic worship. Just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would show us how to worship the King or these next couple songs. Lead us in worship. We're supposed to jump and dance around, lead us in that. We're supposed to put our hands in the air, lead us in that. We're supposed to get on our knees, lead us in that. But we just want to give you all the praise, God. We want to encounter you because you're amazing. We love you so much, and uh, we just pray this all in your amazing name. Amen.